0: Welcome to AWS. She builds tech skills with your hosts, Mai and May. Welcome tech community. Welcome to She Builds Tech Skills episode 20. Um, if you're new to the programs, She Builds Tech Skills is all about women in tech, bringing all the women together to talk about the technology, the experience, and the career journey. My name is May. I'm a solutions architect from Amazon Web Service, and today we have a co-host, Mai.
1: Thanks, May. My name is Mai and I'm a Solutions Architect from AWS as well. And I come from a sysadmin background and I love monitoring and observability. And speaking of which, we have a very special guest uh, here from the US, uh, Nandini Ramani. Uh, Now, Nandini is a vice president of AWS. And in her role, she oversees product engineering and operations for AWS monitoring and observability portfolio of services, which includes Amazon CloudWatch, AWS X-Ray, Amazon Managed Grafana, and Amazon Managed Service for Prometheus. Now, Nandini, uh, you've held numerous senior positions in the past in your career, including VP roles, so um, which many people dream about, and May and I, and the audience is wondering about, how did you get here, and you know, what's your steps and advice for those that dream of being in a senior role like yourself right now?
2: First of all, thank you both for having me here. The program She Builds sounds very inspiring, and I'm excited to share my experiences with all of you. So to address your question, for me, it wasn't a deliberate journey to become a vice president. It wasn't what I aspired. And actually, funny story, when I started out my career, which I started in hardware, building hardware chipsets, I was actually on a path to be a distinguished engineer because I felt there weren't enough women. And so I was a senior staff engineer in those days and was very determined that I had to represent. Um, so it was more because you know, Sun Microsystems, which was one of the companies I was with, um, when it was going through some turbulent times, resourcing became everything. And so I made a lateral move to become a director. And that was my journey into leadership. So mine is probably a little atypical in how I made it into leadership. And I had to learn the hard way because I didn't come through like first level manager to second. And my first foray into leadership, I was terrible at it. I was um, trying to do code reviews and critiquing code and trying to do bug fixing and everything. And my team basically said, can you either pick a lane? Do you want to be a manager, yeah. or do you want to be an yeah. <laughs> IC? And so I learned it the hard way. But just general tips, I will say. I think we have to be more deliberate and be, take more ownership and responsibility for our careers and decide what it is you want to do. Because l- let me take here at AWS. You can be a vice president as an individual contributor. Or you can be a vice president as a manager, mm-hmm. so you can pick and choose, and uh, at Amazon, we have so many opportunities. so um, for me, it was a lot about people I you know um, looked up to, learned different skills from, and you know one of the people that I uh, listened to was a person called Carla Harris. You should look her up on YouTube, yeah. and she talks about how in our journey, we should all have mentors, sponsors, and advisors. Most of us think about mentors as a way, you know, someone to mentor us and tell us what you want to do. But it's very rare you hear about people who are sponsors and yeah. advisors. I've taken that to heart. And even today in my role, I always seek people who can advise me when I have an individual issue that I'm trying to mm-hmm. resolve. Or sponsors are people who can advocate for you. Yeah. You know, be your staunch supporter and advocate when the that's, opportunity. That's
0: really interesting. Because at AWS, we talk about having a mentor. But now you bring that to um, really important points, advisor, and also like being, like being advocates for you and looking for opportunity. If there is an opportunity, um, they can, you know, Be put you in place and then connect, make make that connection.
2: Totally, totally, which helps you then figure out where you want to go. So not only should you aspire to have advisors, sponsors, and mentors, I encourage everyone to be a mentor, sponsor, and advisor as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's really that's really interesting. I think I'm going to continue that career question there. So like, with the within AWS, what is really unique as women? in tech or you know, exec leaders being at AWS? Like how does the, the company culture cultivate and promote exec leaders?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can give you an example. I was here, obviously, yesterday for the AWS Summit keynote. And on the stage, we had three women leaders That's and great. one male participant. And I mean, I'm, I've gotten so used to being in a very you know, male-dominated tech community, that it was very inspiring to hear people uh, applaud the fact that we had three women leaders on stage. So I will say I felt, so I'm coming up on two years at AWS. Mm -hmm. I have never really felt, felt or alienated or different or anything. I feel like it's a place that just empowers you to do the best you can be. And our leadership principles, I think, help you get there, no matter whether you're a woman or otherwise. And we have a lot of women leaders for you to look up to, right? They say, I'm not sure who exactly said it, but you cannot be what you cannot see. Mm-hmm. So if there's no role models, it's very hard to aspire to be that person, and at AWS we have plenty of us. That's
0: really true. So that's, that's exactly, um, well, the She Builds Tech Skill program is about, um, like, one part of it is also to be more visible yep. as women in technology to inspire younger generation or women who is um, changing a career into tech. And we want to make sure that there are a lot of um, really brilliant, smart women in technology that can uplift the industry and uh, uh, make sure that the, the place is equitable and you know, the embrace that diversity.
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of programs where you can reskill yourself and be Absolutely. part of the tech community, even here in, within Amazon. So, that's
1: amazing. yeah,
0: that's a really good point. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, so um, I guess you have gone through a lot of the, the journey, like within your career. what are some challenges that you could share that you overcome um, throughout your career? Like, what are the key highlights, and then the ch- some challenges, and what advice would you give to your younger self?
2: Great question. Yeah. Um, so for me, actually, I said I started my career in hardware, which I did, and I have an electrical engineering background. And then when I watch the market where, you know, they say, skate to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is, is very true because when hardware chips started to become a commodity mm-hmm. and people were doing more off the shelf, I moved to software. And that was a big leap for me, going from hardware, mm-hmm. which was my, you know, safety net, if you will, to hardware. And then if you look at my career, I've gone from enterprise companies like Oracle to more B2C company like Twitter. Yeah. And then I did another leap to a healthcare startup, which was very small. And then now I'm back in Enterprise SaaS with AWS. So for me my journey has sort of been push the envelope and every mm-hmm. new thing I do, I like to learn something new that's not that's a little outside my comfort zone. Yeah. So if I were to advise my younger self, that's what I would say. Don't be afraid. You know, It's the scar tissue you build that makes you a leader. And you know, we have this leadership principle that says, all right a lot. Yeah. You're not born all right a lot. You get there by learning how to be right a lot. And so you have to try it. And that would be my advice to young folks. And one thing, I'll just share a little tidbit with you. When I was younger, I grew up in India in Bangalore. Um, And my brother used to race motorbikes. And I used to ride ride bikes as well, like motorbikes. And so I told my dad I want to race as well. And he said, (laughs) well, if you want to go do it, do it. Why not? And there was no category for women or or girls, because girls didn't race. And so I raced with the boys. It was dirt drag racing, where you go in like these
0: And you did it at 16.
2: When I was 16, I raced all the way. No, I do not do it anymore. But I have a lot of scar tissue from that physically. But uh, so I look back at that and I tell myself, if I could do that when I was 16, creating a new path, Mm -hmm. hopefully for other girls who wanted to race, I can do that now. You know, it doesn't matter that you're older or whatever. So I, I look back at experiences I've had that motivate me to push myself and be yeah. bigger and better, I guess.
1: Now, you talk about creating a new path. Um, uh, what kind of uh, communities are you involved in, in, in terms of uh, uplifting other women in the industry? I know you're part of uh, the Women engineering exec sponsor of the Women Engineers Group and Twitter uh, alongside Makers Women. love to hear more around that. Yeah. And I participate
2: even within um, AWS with the same spirit in all the programs we have. Uh, so makers, for instance, one of the things I really like about makers, they tell stories of women. So instead of like just chats or profiling, they tell stories of women entrepreneurs or people who are starting new businesses or who have little retail, all kinds of different stories. The other thing I've really appreciated is the Tech Women program. It's sponsored by the Department of State back in the US. And they empower women across the globe to come and be part of a program in the US where they go to different companies and learn from other women leaders. So there's lots of programs which, and by the way, at AWS, if you have ideas, you can create these programs there's so much of support and yeah. you know energy behind it ideas come from everywhere and i really do believe yeah. you know we have the talent here to do that i mean it was, was international women's month and yeah. we did did a lot of things last month so That's really I, my aspiration though is that we don't need a women's month just for women we should be Every, All 12 every. months should be <laughs> Women's Month. That's, that's where I true. want to get to, yes. No, that's, that's
0: that's really cool. All right. Um, Mike, do you want to ask some yeah, questions? Yeah, some technical
1: questions. So mm-hmm. you were uh, recently at Summit. Um, did you get to walk around the exhibition floor and see some really cool dashboards using some of the AWS and uh, you know uh, CloudWatch or Amazon Managed Grafana dashboards out there? I didn't actually see my own
2: dashboards, but I was... Super impressed with some of the builder programs, everybody trying to work with all of our different services and resources. And today we have over 200 services. So there's so many ways to choose and learn. And I did walk the sh- uh, floors. Um, but I will say, you know, for me personally, I feel like because I'm not partly, I guess, self motivated, I'm responsible for observability. But given the volume of data that we are dealing with today, and the migration into cloud, and the pace of innovation, observability is so front and center. Like I love the phrase that says, "You cannot manage what you cannot measure," and measuring comes from having the data, having the telemetry, and then knowing what to do with it. You know, so I'm very passionate about. Um, the observability space, so in particular.
0: I've, I've heard somebody told me um, you cannot fix what you can't see. Exactly, so, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> so um, observability is one of the the key uh, key topic among our customers, and especially um, modernizing migration into the cloud, and they're starting to learn a lot of the, the metrics then you know the data that you can absorb from the applications and the hell of the um, the hell of the applications and how they can improve down the track.
1: Yeah, and as part of the containers community, um, we're curious to know um, what's the future of observability look like in an industry?
2: Yeah. So we have, you know, container insights obviously and CloudWatch and Um, Manage Prometheus, which, you know, we have a lot of support for containers like EKS and ECS, et cetera. So we are doing our part in terms of making it simpler whether you choose to use EC2 as your compute or go containers with EKS, ECS, or even Fargate and Lambda with serverless these days. We want to be right there with you to let you see what is going on within your various type of workloads. so the other thing I've really enjoyed being at the summit is connecting with customers. I got to have so many customer interactions here in the Sydney region, and it's amazing to see all the you know pace of innovation right here, like yesterday we had both West Farmers One Digital as well as canva, and the different ways in which they're innovating on AWS it's fascinating to me, just you know. Looking at it across the globe,:
0: yeah, it is a really great opportunity, like Summit, to bring everyone together, meet a lot of customers, meet you know colleagues that we haven't met
2: totally before,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that was really good. Um, I have one question for you uh, in terms of the tech, because there are a lot of things happening. We have new announcement every day yeah. How do you keep up to date? with all these new new things, not just on AWS Like even in like in tech in general. How do you keep up to date with all the things happening around you?
2: Yeah. So I have a ritual that I've been doing for many, many years. Every morning I wake up with my cup of tea and I read a lot. So I'm my way of learning is I'm on Twitter and I follow a lot of industry experts. In fact before I joined AWS, I was already following a lot of people who are tweeting about Uh, AWS I watch a lot of YouTube videos Mm -hmm. of the latest like innovation and what's going on Um, so for me that is like my time every morning I Mm -hmm. spend like 45 minutes to an hour depending on how busy my days are um, where I learn a lot and then I also interact with a lot of my colleagues just to keep abreast of the changes to your point There's new services every day, new features every day. And most importantly, I think customer obsession. Listening to your customers and hearing. Mm -hmm. Like, the next big thing you build likely comes from customer use cases. And so um, I really enjoy that. Like, even just being here, some of the conversations I had yesterday, I was slacking my team, saying, hey, there's new things we could be doing. So that's my way of. Yeah. like staying on top of things and i encourage people to find your whatever is your you know sweet spot whether you like to read uh on you know papers or whatever mechanisms you yeah. use uh find some time for yourself
0: yeah.
2: where you can that's
0: do really, that that's really great advice uh, to 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 like to, to carve out the time to actually absorb and learn and to improve that's really great advice thank you for sharing that um, I have one question for the public speaking, because um, you you have done a number of keynotes and I saw your tech talks, which is really amazing. Um, what is your advice on building confidence and, you know, providing that kind of a lot or delivering or presenting to a number of large audience for me when i go on a stage i get nervous and even though it doesn't matter how many times i rehearse I still get nervous <laughs> so how do you how do you do that without
2: Any sweat? I don't know about the any sweat. So I'll say I've been public speaking for many, many years now, and even now, as I get on the stage, I still have a little bit of like, and I, that nervousness is a good thing. I feel like having that rush, Mm -hmm. as you get on, is a good thing. Now the question is, how quickly can you get back to your Zen state? And I, for me, that comes through. each of us are different, right? So I watch a lot of videos of how people deliver. Mm-hmm. So, one, like somebody giving you advice on how to stand, how to do things, yeah. might not work for you because if it's not your natural way of mm-hmm. speaking. So I look and I take little nuggets from others yeah. on how to deliver, what to focus on. Because sometimes, like if it's a topic that I'm very deeply, I understand. Mm-hmm then you might go too deep and lose the audience because you, they're not with you. Yeah. Versus if it's not something you're f- too familiar with, you do need to get to understand it so that you can speak with authority. So it's like a little bit of balance of being a subject matter expert, mm-hmm. but understanding. So one of the questions I always ask is who's going to be in the audience? Because that truly matters. Who are you talking to? Yeah. Is it builders and developers? Is it more like CIOs? And, others. So I think that really matters as well. And make it your own. I mean, when you ask people, you're going to get 15 different opinions on ah, <laughs> uh, you should do this, that, or the other. But at the end of the day, you've got to make it your own. But I will admit, after all these years, I find it really awkward to watch myself when I see the videos. So. Hopefully, I'm doing well. But
0: you did so well at the um, summit keynotes. That was really inspiring. And um, yeah, that was was really awesome.
2: Thank you. You
1: had a packed audience. That was amazing. Oh, it was. It was amazing.
2: (laughs) And it's so good to be back, honestly, after the past two years to see audiences interact with people and regain those experiences. I'm really enjoying it. And Sydney's been
1: wonderful, including the weather. Yes, you've been lucky, blessed with the weather Yeah, yeah in the last couple of days. Uh, I do have one last question. Um, I know you've achieved a whole lot of things uh, around your career. What's the one thing that you're truly proud of? Uh, I mean, there's so many things, but I'll, uh, I mean,
2: I, my startup that I turned around was great, but um, truly the most inspiring thing for me is people on my team, as they grow and evolve into being leaders themselves, nothing gives me more happiness and pride than that. When I see them speak or when I see them, uh, I mentor a lot as well. I'm in a lot of mentoring programs. And I see my mentees or uh, people who come to me for advice. And when they cross that chasm and make it, in whatever their journey is, nothing gives me more satisfaction than that. Mm -hmm
0: really um, inspiring and I guess like uh, because being in the senior position um, you you've got a lot of you know time spending um, with your team you also be being part of like community program mentorship how do you have a work-life balance um, you know with the career and like the professional life and then your personal life how do you find a balance because um, within AWS, you can do a lot of things, and it can be sometimes overwhelming.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's a tough question. So I always answer it with saying, the physics of it is you only have 24 hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a, the, those are the guardrails. So within that, you have to choose. And I, I, I like to make time for my personal whatever it is I want to do. However, for me, I almost never disconnect. I'm always on the phone or Slack or something. I don't recommend this for everyone. You should find your own way of finding that balance. But, however, when you have to do something, whether it's for your children or, you know, piano recital or whatever the case may be, you do need to make some time for those sort of things. And most importantly, you need to make time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of this. When I first start, I'm so into everything. I don't work out. I just like, that's the first thing that falls off. I'm like, ah, I'll go for a run tomorrow. Now I've realized I've got to take that time for myself because it actually energizes me. And I do even better at whatever I'm doing. So whatever it is for each of you, I would say never forget because those things are the first to drop off. You know, work is always there looming large. And it is important. Like, I get a lot of satisfaction from my job. And so it's equally important to me. And there's nothing wrong with that, either. So
1: absolutely. Self-care is important, as with family and friends as well. So making time for them and being present. uh, And remembering that there's only
2: 24 hours of which you need some hours of sleep. And you pick and choose. On a certain day, you may do something personal. And other days, you may be doubling down on work. And it's okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And you have to get rid of the guilt, I think, yes. whichever way you go, because I had, I, I have two girls and I used to feel guilty all the time. Oh my God, I didn't do this for them. Or you got to let that go. Whatever yeah. choices you I make. I absolutely
1: understand as a parent as well. Yeah. And, and traveling quite a lot. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> making, t- making that time for family is yep. very important too. Yes.
0: So, many of our viewers are a technical audience. Do you mind if we ask a few technical questions?
1: Please, I'd welcome that. Excellent. So, what do you think is the future of observability? It's a great question. So,
2: you know, um, today and even historically, we've always viewed tele- um, observability as logs, metrics, and traces. That's sort of the three buckets. And then we have security and SLOs. and all of these individual LEGO blocks. I think the future of um, observability is end-to-end, as a single pane of glass, viewing everything. If you take, for instance, last year um, at reInvent, we announced uh, internet monitor in CloudWatch. Mm -hmm. What that does is it tells you if you have a problem in your internet network, your cellular network. Because think about our customers, right? You have an end application, and you want to know why some transaction failed, or if you're a gaming community, why is there a lag for your end users? Now you're left with logs, metrics, and traces. Where do you go from there? So we want to start at the tip and say, is it a problem with the internet? Is it a problem in your application layer with application performance monitoring, which is like includes tracing, real user monitoring, synthetic monitoring, et cetera? And then you want to be able to click on that within your tracing and see what are the metrics that actually resulted in that. And then beyond that, what are the logs that contributed it? So we toward it. So our vision for observability is, first of all, we want you to have the right data at the right time when you need it. Mm -hmm. And then we want to tie it all the way from your logs, which you store somewhere, back to your actual application so you know exactly where the problem layers are meaning is it in your latest deployment of code that went out or is it in the control plane versus the data plane like all of those need to be very seamless and easy and you know we want to support hybrid cloud environments because people have still have on-prem workloads whether it's data residency requirements or whatever the case may be we are committed to supporting access to your telemetry across the board with a single pane of glass, either using Managed Grafana, or you can you have a native experience with CloudWatch. So we want to meet the customers wherever they are in that journey. And I'm actually excited for what's to come. Like this reInvent, we have so many launches that I'm so excited for uh, for our customers. That's,
0: that's really a good point, because like. When something goes wrong, it's hard to know where to look at it and then you need, you need to find out is it the applications or is it somewhere in your like the the, the conflict changes exactly happening so you need to find out like being able to identify this is the root cause where it's happening so the team can focus on it rather than going around and finding out where the problem is so yeah I think it's really important to have that single pane of class
2: yeah and it needs to work whether you know you choose containers ec2 no matter what kind of database you choose. We yeah. want it to be integrated into yeah. all of
1: those. Yeah. 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 Making it easy for our customers to so reduce the heavy lifting. Yeah. Exactly. Yes.
0: And um, I guess another question, just follow-up question on that is, what are the challenges that you see with the customer in the observability space? Like, what are the common things that customers talk to you that they have some, you know, they see the trend or the patterns?
2: The biggest patterns, I think, with hearing from customers just the volume of data so starting with like you have such a huge volume of incoming data Mm -hmm. how do you narrow it down Mm -hmm. how do you get access to the correct data how do you find this is where AI ops comes in we have a lot of machine learning with you know DevOps Guru etc SageMaker does a lot of Mm -hmm. these so these services with ai ops i do think are going to become an integral part of observability in pointing you to the right thing based on your historical patterns of usage anomaly detection is a big one yeah. and by the way this is not just about either when something goes wrong this is even when things are going well how much am i spending like cost and especially in this climate yeah. you know your it spend is a big Parameter So we want to provide all of those sort of insights uh, seamlessly and easily to our customers.
1: Excellent. and as a cloud engineer, former cloud engineer, alert fatigue is a really big thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a fair point. So you know we do need um, anomaly detection,
2: which then alerts you and notifies you about things. but alert fatigue is the big thing, so which is why I think integrating AI ops bringing in more granularity so that you're alerting only when needed and then to be honest I think we're moving towards self remediation so you don't have to alert you can based on patterns and configurations you can automatically remediate and reduce alert fatigue
1: and get rid of the heavy heavy lifting for the customer for the customers exactly yes
0: So you're in town in Sydney for summits. Um, What's your favorite part of Sydney? Have you tried the coffee? Have you been to the beach?
2: Yes, in fact, those are my top two things. Coffee, number one, beaches, and the third is wine. I love the wine here as well. And (laughs) the food has been amazing. I could go on. I really love it here. That's
0: amazing. And thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your journey. It's been really valuable. And I hope we will see you again next year.
2: For sure, I love it here, and thank you so much for having me and thank you. spending time with me.
0: Thank you. thank you, and thank you, thank you to the community, and um, we will see you next month.